prepare to live in a world where, once again, you will have to pay to be seen. But we're not there yet. So keep testing, keep producing your content, keep figuring out how you can break the algorithm. Now, that might sound like a sour statement to some, but that's okay because we have a pretty sweet episode today for everybody. That's because on today's show, we have Brian Kamen, Senior Director, Media, Content, and Public Relations for Ferrera Candy Company. And we talked about so much today, Daniel. I don't even know how to summarize this episode. We talked about, you know, TikTok and how it's changing and becoming more pay to play. And we talked a little bit about, you know, building social presences from the ground up, managing 50 plus different profiles for different brands. I mean, I don't even know where to go. This episode is packed with so much goodness. Yeah, we also talked about, you know, testing and learning. And I'm, I don't know, I'm fully willing. I think they have 36 brands or something in their portfolio. I'm fully willing to test every single brand. I'm not sure that's what he was talking about, though. No, I think he was probably talking about like testing social media approaches and strategies. But yeah, I will personally yeah. volunteer as tribute right now to test every single one of their candy brands. Yeah, I'll go for the candy. Yeah, exactly. Well, in the meantime, everybody, as we come over here and have some snacks, you can go snack on all of this amazing advice that Brian leaves us today because I am Anna Harak from Convince and Convert, and he is Daniel Lemon from Convince and Convert. Also, funny enough, uh, everywhere on social, Daniel is known as Lemonheads, um, and we have an amazing episode for t you today. Before we get into this amazing episode, though, you're going to hear about how, you know, especially Brian Kamen, he and his team are really great at engaging their audiences. They're really great about testing and seeing what works. And they have a full-fledged team. You'll hear how they have a ton of agency help and support behind it as well. It takes literally a village to build this amazing uh, social effort that they've put into place. And if you are looking for a little bit of support on your social efforts as well, I highly recommend you check out ICUC. That's because ICUC are experts in online and social media community management. And they're here to remind the world that there are real humans behind brands. Now today, more than 90% of marketers report that personalization plays a critical role in revenue generation. ICUC creates the space where tech meets human power by moderating, listening, and holding real conversations with customers on behalf of enterprise brands at a global scale. Across Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, TikTok, LinkedIn, Reddit, Discord, Twitch, and more, ICUC provides strategic support and fills customer care gaps as an extension of your team 24-7, 365 days a year in any language. Visit their website at icuc.social to schedule a consultation, talk strategy, and see how they can support you. That's icuc.social. Also, friends, you know from listening to this show that we recently celebrated an amazing milestone. We've been on for over 10 years, and we just celebrated our 500th episode. That officially puts the show up there with just as many episodes as Law and Order. To celebrate, we created a free ebook that features the absolute best of the best of the best of Social Pros episodes over the years, including our favorite guest provided tips on how to become a social pro and exclusive insights on what experts are predicting about the future of social. You can grab that ebook right now at bit.ly slash social pros 500. That's bit.ly social pros 500 all lowercase. Now let's hear from Brian Kamen, Senior Director Media, Content and Public Relations at Ferrera Candy Company. 
Heroes listeners, do we have an unbelievably sweet treat for you today. We have Brian Kamen, Senior Director, Media, Content, and Public Relations from Ferrera Candy Company. Brian, thank you so much for being here today. I am so genuinely excited for you to be here because one, massive fan of the work that you're doing, and two, I'm also a massive candy fiend. So thank you for coming on. Thanks for having me. So, all right, let's talk a little bit first about your experience uh, working in candy and social. Because first off, that seems like a dream team. First, you get like all the candy you want all day long. I imagine anyway, I'm assuming. But then you also get to do something that you're incredibly passionate about. So talk to us a little bit about uh, you have a very, very large title now, but it didn't always start off that way. You had some much more humble beginnings. So talk us through sort of your rise from being the very first social hire to now overseeing all of paid, earned, and owned. Yeah, um, Anna, I've got a wonderful, sweet job. I I love it. I am so fortunate each and every day to come in and work with brands that I personally love to consume, and now I get to do marketing for them. I started at Ferrara December 2018, 2018, and at that time, like you said, I was the first hire uh, for the social function, and my remit was all around um, around social strategy, social execution, and we've got some phenomenal brands, you know, Trolley, Sweethearts, Nerds, mm-hmm. Laffy Taffy, Brock's, Black Forest, Funables, Now and Later. I guarantee you that me just saying that, it's you can close your eyes and you can think about a moment in your life where you've consumed one of those products, uh, either as a child or an adult, and you've smiled. Like you just, you just can't do that. I, like it, it always happens. And um, another reason why I, I love working on candy and at Ferrara. Uh, so I started December 2018, and at that time, if you can believe it, a lot of these brands either didn't have an online social presence or the presence was very limited. Uh, so quickly spent a quarter, uh, the first quarter, just doing housekeeping. And a lot may think it's small but tedious work, but it's so val- valuable and important. The little things matter so much when you're working on social and digital strategy. You know, for, plat- for, for platforms to begin with, do you have, do you have a profile? Do you have the right username? Is your username uniform across all these different channels? Like small things that um, just needed to be built. And it was very rare and still rare today for a brand to have, for brands, plural, to have uh, such a young or immature uh, presence. Today, it's a completely different story. Obviously, we've spent three years building it up, but um, you know, we just started the nerd social channels uh, not even two years ago. You know, same thing with Laffy Taffy. These are iconic brands that have been around for a long, long time. So, um, like I said, started in December 2018, started just with general housekeeping. And then from there, it's making a plan. It's, you know, what's your three-year, what's your five-year vision look like? How do we ensure that we're building communities? But then how do we also ensure we're utilizing media to drive measurable communications objectives? So it's building up um, a paid, owned, and earned presence. And um, from an owned and earned standpoint, you know, 
got the house in order, created strategies, uh, partnered with some phenomenal agencies, made some really strong hires internally that I'm so proud to call my friends and colleagues. And fast forward uh, years later, well, really only three years later, we have a we had a fully functional uh, team. I'm, I sit in a department called 1908X. 1908 is the year that our uh, our company Ferrara was founded. X stands for experience. I would say we're one part marketing services, one part center of excellence, one part right house agency. And within our team, we've got a creative team, content team, licensing and partnerships, insights and analytics, uh, public relations, all the specialty functional areas and marketing. And, um, you know, team was being built out, starting to do integrated marketing uh, for the first time. And now a few years later, uh, I've had this, I have this wonderful opportunity in front of me. I just slid into this role about a month ago, month ago, that is uh, overseeing all paid, owned, and earned. And I'm very fortunate and humble for this opportunity. I've had some wonderful colleagues who are previously responsible for paid media, who's responsible for e-commerce, you know, who have been great partners, who have uh, really who helped, uh, helped drive measurable objectives and helped build the team. Um, and here we are today. Uh, got nice. this opportunity ahead of me. That's awesome. Well, huge congrats on, I mean, the massive promotion and step up and overseeing so much more uh, than, you know, especially from, again, such humble beginnings and having to come in and literally audit everything that existed and then build everything out from scratch. I mean, that is such a massive undertaking, but as you mentioned, so essential. I, before we get in, because there's so much to unpack there and there's so much yeah. good stuff that you brought up um, in, your, in your intro, I just have to know how good is your dental plan? Because I would need it. Like, I'd be like, oh, got to go write a nerd's tweet. Guess I'm going to need to pick up a box of nerds. Like, I would I would really need a dental plan. Yeah, it's a, it's a pretty, we have pretty solid benefits all around. <laughs> uh, it, no, that, that is a phenomenal question. And people, uh, they, they definitely ask that. So dental plan, spot on. I've had to go myself uh, a few times a year, but it's all good. Uh, you... We, I work with discipline, uh, which is really hard when you work uh, when you work and there's candy all around you. But um, you know, I don't overconsume. <laughs> Nice. That's good. I, I, I do remember back from my in-house days at Philosophy at Corporate. It was a skincare and cosmetics company for anybody who doesn't know of it. And we would just show up and there would be like a box of mislabeled products. So like I imagine that happens to you too. Like a one one centimeter is off on the packaging and I'm sure it's probably just like an explosion of candy at your desk all the time. Yeah. Candy is all around us. Uh, and <laughs> I, I failed to mention this, but for a time, it wasn't just candy. It was candy and cookies as well. So <gasps> That's we right. had... Just Keebler. Yep, yep. We we had Keebler, Famous Amos, Mothers, Delacroix, Royal Dansk, uh, all, those, all those brands that we integrated from Kellogg uh, for a while. And um, yeah, like s- sweet snacking whenever you want. It's really good. 
I mean, it really, it really does seem like the dream, right? Like you get like delicious things and then you get to go like strategize for it. But, but so that actually though, because I feel like I would have analysis paralysis, like crazy. I'd be like so much delicious, so much strategy to do. So how do you take us from the top floor of your approach. Like, first off, how do you even start to decide what brands get what, how you're going to approach social in general? Because you have what, over... 30. Yeah, 35-ish, 36-ish, I think I read, was the most recent number of brands that you're you're doing social for. And then you actually have like 50-plus different accounts to run. So how do you even start... Yeah, that's a that's a phenomenal question. And I'd say you start by getting your house in order. But um, we we have different segments and tiers of brand. So uh, we know where we're investing uh, in terms of paid or uh, we know what it's going to take to win in the marketplace. But the flip side of your question is we have a wonderful opportunity because we have so many different brands that we can test and learn, fail fast, repeat, optimize, all that. And that's one thing that is so special about working across an entire portfolio. Because one thing is right for Trolley doesn't mean it's right for nerds or for Black Forest. Um, but it's a fun opportunity. And I, I tell, we talk all the time, and you know, in a second, you're the voice of a worm on Trolley. And then you might be a millennial mother on Black Forest or Fruit Snacks. And now you're a Gen Zer on uh, on Sweethearts or Nerds. So uh, nailing who you are, knowing who you are on each individual brand is extremely important to have success. Because we do, we go we go back and forth uh, working on all the different brands. Well, and I imagine too, especially some of, you know, like you mentioned, some of these brands are iconic and have been around for generations. And, you know, in order to get them to the next generation, obviously now social is one of the best ways to reach them. So you have to keep evolving your approach and keep updating your messaging. So how do you kind of keep on top of the audiences and who you're talking to? And, you know, how do you make those decisions? Is it really just strictly purely from like a brand voice perspective that you start there? Or is it you look at audience segments, you take a breakdown? What does that look like when you're trying to figure out for 36 plus brands, the many different segments that you have in play too? Yeah, it's, it's all of the above, really, I would say. Most important is you have to know who you are and who your target audience is, um, you know, your primary, your halo uh, audience. And then what's that overlap between who you are, who your target is, and if we're talking social specifically, you know, who's the active user on those platforms? So there's a lot of research that goes into the work that we do. Um it's not just, you know, we're going to do fun stuff to do fun stuff as much as I love doing that. And I love test and learn and, you know, agile strategies and uh, earning the attention. Um, if we're not smart, if we're not being strategic, we're going to set ourselves up for, for failure. So we try to avoid that as much as possible. But we've had a lot of had a lot of success in just the last few years that I've been at Ferrara. And, um, you know, it's it's fun. It's a lot of fun. (laughs) I get uh, get excited talking about our brands. There's a lot of passion uh, for them uh, by the people who work on them. 
and also the people who consume them. So it's, it's different. I, I, I didn't, I didn't share this, but you know, I'm now, geez, I don't know, 15 years of my career and I've, I've done different industries. I, I started in house at a business school and I spent 10 years working for agencies across different industries. So like I know what it takes and how fun or how it is perceived to work on a healthcare brand or which there's nothing wrong with it. That that's very purposeful as well, Love but it. it's different. It's less different really, than candy. So I knew that CFUG yeah. is where I wanted to go. And when I saw the opportunity at Ferrara a few years back, uh, you know, I, I didn't think twice about it. And I love um, that I'm still 15 years in my career. I'm learning, growing and developing uh, every single day. I, I wanted to, to jump in here. Uh, first of all, I have a personal relationship with one of your candy brands. Um, my m- Many listeners know my last name is, in fact, Lemon. And uh, not surprisingly, I was known as Lemonhead growing up uh, in many, many contexts. In fact, that's where you can find me on Instagram. I'm Lemonheads on Instagram. Ooh, uh, back plural? in the day on Instant Messenger as well. Uh, I, am, I am plural. I am plural. Okay. Um, but I always had kind of a, a special relationship with Lemonhead, the candy. I think it, it always spoke to me. You're not alone. You're not alone whatsoever. Uh, <laughs> a lot of consumers have a very special relationship with Lemonhead. It was uh, one of the, the first brands uh, back in the day when uh, you know, we were founded. Um, and it, there's, there's uh, you know, Daniel, I actually, I don't know where you're from. But the city of Chicago specifically, which is where our, I reside, has a lot of love for Lemonhead as well. You know, we've got a, one of our factories has a big Lemonhead sign it's right off the highway. And, um, you know, we used to sponsor uh, games at the United Center. So there's a lot of passion for that brand, both in Chicago and around the nation. It's, uh, it's a good candy. And Not it, to... It, not to speak ill of the other brands, but it may, in fact, be among my favorites. Ooh, okay. Anna, do you have a favorite? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, you know what? Literally anything uh, in your gummy portfolio, I'm going to go for uh, Black Forest <laughs> gummy bears, some trolley anything. Um, I'm all about the gummy more than like the hard candy, sour Sweetheart. Although I will um, say it is it is very, very hard to pass up a nerd's rope as well, which has the gummy element, but then also kind of the hard candy bit too. Yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, well, that, yeah, I can't fault you for any of that. You'll you'll have to try <laughs> you'll have to try Funnables, which uh, was a new brand, its first full year of existence last year. Uh, that that that's in the the gummy line. And then I'd also encourage you to try Nerds Gummy Clusters, which are in fuego on fire. In fuego. Wow, wow, wow. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, I, wanna, I wanted to ask you not to, we could talk about the candy brands uh, for the, the next 30 minutes, and I don't I think anyone would would uh, dismiss that trip down down memory memory row. But I, I one of the things that you you just talked about was the, the notion of testing and learning, which you, you have the potential uh, kind of the special opportunity to do at scale since you have 36 plus brands. I wondered if you could just touch on what that, have you kind of systematized testing and learning how you do it, what you look for, 
Uh, or do you, is it a little bit more instinct than process? Uh, I think a lot of listeners, they, they talk about testing and learning in their own organizations, but um, always curious kind of how, how others are actually doing it. Yeah, yeah it, it, it's got to be both. Um, I, I would say we need to have a learning agenda. You need to know what you're trying to test and what's the question you want answered? If you don't do that, then there's really not a strategic purpose to testing and learning. It's, it's something that is easily forgotten within the industry. It's like, oh, I'm going to do that because it's, it's cool. Like, yeah, that's, like, that's hot right now. But really, what's the rhyme and reason? What are you trying to learn and accomplish? And then how is that going to help you in the future? How does that ladder back to, you know, comms or business objectives? Um, but I'm going gonna, I'm, I'm gonna to double down. So yes, there's a process. Yes, we need to know what we're trying to learn. What are the resources it takes to be able to fully learn or answer the question that we want to answer? Whether that's paid, owned, and earned doesn't matter. It's just, what you know, what are we trying to accomplish? Um, and then just Go out and do it, but follow through. You know, you have your question that you want answered. What, 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 like, what did we actually learn and what are we going to do about it? The so what is so important. There's a lot of so out there. And now I'm like very philosophical up there. There's a lot of so. There's a lot of news. You know, Web3, decentralized social, like, it's, it's amazing. Like, it, it, like that's future frontier. But what are we trying to... What are we trying to actually learn for our, for our brands, about our brands, about our consumer, target consumer in this space? We're not just going to jump in and be an early adopter to be an early, early adopter. There's a lot of brands that are doing that for us that's helping us then better form, you know, create our formulaic approach to that space. And that, that was just like one example because it's, it's hot right now and uh, it's hot for the right reasons, which is which is good, and I'm excited to test and learn in that space uh, in, in the coming quarters. So, Brian, continuing on with testing and learning, you had mentioned also the importance of failing fast. What does that look like for you? Because I think especially when, um, you know, the real-time nature of social, it's so easy to maybe potentially call a test too early or, you know, maybe even hang on a little bit too long. So what is kind of that sweet spot? Um, and, and how, how do you define failing fast when it comes to your approach? Man, that's sorry, Anna, that's a really good question. <laughs> um, failing fast is it, it's, it's something that, you know, because you've set those parameters up in the test itself. So, for example, just an example, Sweethearts was one of the first brands in the confectionery industry to have an always-on organic presence on TikTok. Yeah. And, huh. yep, yep, yep. So... Okay, we know that we're going to get on TikTok. We know that's where our target audience is. You know, here's the quantity of videos that we're going to do. Here's the different things that we want to test and 
content formats, and here's what we hope to learn. And we're all we're going to do it within a X Y Z time period. Here's what we're go. Here's how we're going to approach it from a organic perspective. Here's how we're going to pr- approach it from an earn perspective. Here's how we're going to approach it from a paid perspective. And then what you know? What do we want to? How do we? How do we know if we've won or not? We'll do it within a, you know a certain time period, and then we'll move on. And yes, Sweet Tarts was our first brand in, uh, on TikTok, and now nearly all of our brands are there. Uh, and you know, we learned a lot from it, from both a paid, own, and earn perspective, and it's fun. So I'm curious too, especially since, you know, you just brought up TikTok and, you know, really getting those presences there. Did it kind of feel like it was back in the day when like social first launched and you were just trying to figure it out and figure the platform out? Or was it like a totally new approach this time because you already knew the foundations of social this time around, right? Versus like when social first started, like back early, early in the day, getting all the brands on, like any flashbacks to that moment? Or were you just like, ah, we got this? So many flashbacks. I mean, I was... (laughs) I I started my professional career in 2007. Facebook for business was around that time period. Twitter was around that time period and it um you know we we've had we've had platforms pop up here and there like fads and stunty type things but TikTok allowed and it's still allowing to a certain extent you to break the algorithm really really easily earn that attention earn that reach get millions of views without paying a dime and it it did remind me somewhat it's not the same exact thing but the notion of it reminded me a little bit of facebook uh, for business when it first came out uh, and a little bit about how the twitter community and how engaged they were back in it's still it's still very engageable, but back in like 2008 to 2011, um, where it was the first time that news was breaking on Twitter, and that happened before mainstream, and Twitter wasn't mainstream yet. So I, there's a lot of like good flashbacks to my early part of my career. So it's, you know, it's so funny that you just mentioned like the breaking news piece of it, because I literally just had that moment on TikTok the other day where I found out about a piece of news before I saw it on a major news outlet. And I actually had to go search several and was like, it was confirmed and true. I was like, oh my, I can't believe this is, we're going here again. Like, it's so crazy to see this evolution in real time. I can close my eyes and see the tweet about uh, Sully Sullenberger and the, the plane on the Hudson. Or I believe it was the same, I think, news broke about Michael Jackson passing on Twitter and like Shaq's first tweet. Like these are, it's kind of geeky and weird. And I don't know if anyone outside of social professionals will really understand this, but there's very clear, I have very clear memories early on in my career about uh, special things that happened on social media. I, 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 don't, I could talk yeah, I mean, about It's almost a little bit like... For for those old enough or to to remember like where were you when when the Challenger uh, uh, exploded? It's the same. I've I've had a lot of those same moments. And, you know, social has been a big part of for me a lot of those moments. I think you know everything that's going on right now in Europe. We've TikTok has mm-hmm. been a little bit more front and center than some of the other platforms that are just kind of showcasing it. So 
uh, it's an it's an interesting thing to see how every how platforms evolve with each sort of cycle of news cycle of uh, of um, commentary to to serve that role. I'm curious uh, on TikTok, what do what's your take on how long breaking the algorithm is viable there before they begin they they, they realize hey we can start charging you know outsized amounts of money for brand partnerships and, and everything. How long do you think that that trend will uh, be an option? It's, re- it's already happening. It is. Yeah. It, 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 TikTok, I, I love the platform. And we as brands will continue to use and invest in it and reach our target audience on it. So let me just be clear by saying that. Um, but you can tell that the algorithm is fine. It, it's figuring out who it is and what the C-suite senior professionals at TikTok want it to be. So we will, my advice for brands is to prepare to live in a world where once again, you will have to pay to be seen, but we're not there yet. So keep testing, keep producing your content, keep figuring out how you can break the algorithm. It's a, TikTok has been phenomenal for our brands. It will continue to be phenomenal. Um, but marketers, social professionals will have to evolve the way that uh, they use it in the future because it's going to change, no doubt about it. And we'll see when that happens. But it you can tell. You can just, you can tell. You can tell it's tightening a little bit or evolving and changing a little bit. So in addition to what's funny is Around the same time as the TikTok craze really started escalating, so did Clubhouse and audio. And you are actually continuing to invest in in audio. And a lot of brands have kind of cooled on this, but there's still so much opportunity um, here for audio. But you are also continuing on with audio, correct? Yes, we are. We are continuing to invest on audio, uh, whether it be Spotify or other platforms, Um Audio is something that is recognized at a very young age. I'm not talking about our target audience. I'm just talking about the consumer mindset. And um, you once once something becomes memorable or once you hear X, Y, Z for a certain period of time, you're going to continue to remember it for a long time. So memorability, audio memorability, look at that. That's a tough word. Audio that is a tough word. Audio memorability is important and creating a distinctive voice for yourself on audio is important in order to uh, continue to drive awareness, relevance, consideration and uh, you know the entire marketing funnel. So it's it's an area that we're going to continue to invest in and I'm excited to see where uh, it continues to take us. Where where is that happening for you? I mean, are you on Clubhouse? Is uh, are you exploring some other newer things? Where is audio? What what does that mean for you? Yeah, we're primarily on streaming audio and then sponsoring podcasts. There's going to be a lot more that <laughs> sponsoring podcasts. That's funny. Uh, we're on a podcast. Hi everyone. Uh, there's going to be a <laughs> lot more <laughs> that we're going to invest in and play around with uh, across our portfolio for audio. We've done quite a bit on uh, on Trolley and to hear 
to hear uh, audio hosts or podcast hosts read our ads. It's it's hilarious. I, I feel like you guys would love it. So we'll have to talk at some point. But uh, <laughs> we'll, we'll continue to invest in streaming audio and podcasts. And uh, that's, you know, a lot of our target audience is there. So, you know, we're going to continue to measure, optimize and, and learn from it. That's awesome. I Yeah, we just got super better there for a second, but that's okay. I don't think our audience will mind. Um, but, you know, Brian, not to switch gears so drastically, but I just would be remiss if we didn't bring up the fact that, you know, in addition to all these new frontiers that you're exploring and all of this work that you're doing and all of these brands that you're managing, in the midst of all of it, you are winning awards for campaigns. You actually just won two Reggie Awards this last weekend, two Silver Reggies. Um, talk us through what were those for? What did those campaigns look like? And congrats, because that's huge. Thanks. There's a lot of really smart and brilliant brand marketers, as well as agency partners and uh, partners of mine in 1908X who have helped, uh, who have not helped, who have developed and, and, and led these campaigns to bring them to life. I was honored to represent the uh, honor to represent Ferrara at uh, the award ceremony. But like you said, yes, we won two, two silver Reggies. One was in the repositioning, rebranding uh, category for, uh, for Funnables. Uh, so in the brand's first full year of existence, we had an equity campaign called The Story of Funnables, where we asked uh, kids and parents I uh, like how Funnables came to life and that birthed the story of Funnables. So that campaign run a, won a silver and a Reggie. A lot of smart people internally worked on that in partnership with uh, Day One Agency as well as Mindshare. Um, and then Trolley also won a silver Reggie for uh, a partnership. Uh, the Sorry, the category was uh, gaming or esports, and Trolley partnered with Xbox to create, in celebration of Xbox 20th anniversary, limited edition packaging. Uh, we did that as well as had additional uh, really strong social activations in the gaming space, and Trolley is just continuing to win in, in gaming. And that uh, campaign, once again, really smart brand team with, in conjunction with 1908X, uh, the, the team that I'm part of, uh, Triple Clicks, a gaming agency, Wyden Kennedy, Mindshare, Golan for PR. And it, uh, it's special. Trolley is a really special brand. They have a really unique brand voice. And I would encourage everyone and anyone listening to get on TikTok, go to Instagram. Heck, you go to Twitter if you want as well. It's a uh, we're the voice of the worm and the worm will do anything to be eaten. Trolley is deliciously dark, really awesome. And uh, yeah, check it out. So those are two uh, recent award-winning campaigns. And we're just, we've got some really great strong momentum across our portfolio uh, at Ferrara right now. So does that mean since with the gaming partnership, maybe there's going to be some like Trolley Twitch in the future? Didn't there, breaking we, out into yeah yeah we we've partnered with Twitch already but uh, there there's going to be even more trolley in the gaming space in in the future. So Does Trolly nice. have a Discord? I'm curious. 
Can we? The worm zone discord. Mr. Mr. Lemonhead, great question. <laughs> so uh, we have a league trolley right now, and there is a, uh, a private discord on uh, on the on uh, for league trolley for our organizers. But there's could be more to come, so stay tuned. Stay tuned. Ooh, foreshadowing. I like it. Yeah. I love some foreshadowing. That means everybody has to go follow you now to figure out what this foreshadowing is going to be and when it's going to come into play. In the meantime, though, when people are following you and they're going and looking up Trolley and um, checking out all the great campaigns that just won all those beautiful awards, um, we also would be remiss if we didn't mention that this is not your first time winning an award. Or sorry, I should say winning a prize. It's a little different than an advertising award. You actually were on Let's Make a Deal. Yeah, and I, yeah. And I feel like this is like you could pull this out at any party and win any fun fact category with this. So talk everybody through just real quick how you also uh, were on Let's Make a Deal and what that experience was like. This was an out-of-body out experience. Uh, shoot, I don't know. I would say 2009, maybe 2010. I can't even remember when it was. Uh, my mother convinced me to meet her and the rest of my family in Las Vegas for a taping of Let's Make a Deal with Wayne Brady. And uh, somehow uh, she brought a costume for me, which was a cow. And I was dressed up as a cow on national TV. It's out there somewhere. If, uh, I don't even. I don't really want to encourage people to go see it, but it's out there somewhere. And uh, at first, I won a. Uh, I, I played a game, and I, I won a motorcycle and some other stuff. And then I don't know if you're a Let's Make a Deal fan, but at the end of the show, they have the big deal of the day, where you pick door one, door two, door three. And uh, I was one of the top prize winners, so I had the opportunity to go for the big deal of the day. And I picked the right door, and I picked the car, and I mauled Wayne Brady and the rest of his history. Still have the car this many years later. So that's the fun little fact about me that not many people know, but now maybe a lot more people know than that used to. So. And you still have the car today? Still have the car. Oh, yeah. yeah. That's awesome. Oh, my God. Yeah. That's so cool. Uh, Brian, what I, door number was it? Sorry, Anna. Yeah, what door no, number yeah. was it? Is it two, two, two? Oh, yeah. two. All right, two. that yeah. would be my. See, that would be my go-to. I would have picked three for some reason. I would have lost. You, they always. You never know yeah. where it is. You got a thirty-three percent chance of winning, though. So it's pretty good odds, right? <laughs> well, I am. I feel like that is the perfect mic drop moment for this entire episode. Not only did you just win a bunch of awards and a bunch of silver Reggies, but you also won a car that you still have, and you could win literally any fun fact trivia question at any any <laughs> gathering possible. Um, Brian, thank you so much for being on the show. I, this has just been so phenomenal. I feel like Daniel and I could talk to you for another hour at least on just like your approach, your, your, the brands and how you approach them. I can't believe, I mean, with so many brands and so many social channels, we could only get to so much, but thank you so much for being here. This was huge. Thank you for having me. And we didn't even get to talk about Brock's or seasons, you know, know. Valentine's Day, Easter, Halloween, holiday. So we'll, we'll, we're definitely going to yes. continue the conversation. 
Yes, we will absolutely continue the conversation. But before we actually officially let you go, we're going to continue the conversation for just a few more minutes because we, of course, Brian, can't let you go without asking you the top two questions that we have asked all 500 plus guests of this episode. So or of the show, are you ready? Uh, I'm as ready as I'll, I'll ever be. All right. So, Brian, first question that we ask every social pro that comes on this show. If you could give one piece of advice to anyone who wants to become a social pro, what would it be? Yeah, that's a great question. And it's not going to be rocket science, but my advice to young professionals has always been and will always continue to be to have the mindset of learning, growing, developing always be open to learning, growing, and developing. Uh, I made the misstep when I first entered the professional career of, hey, I did social media as a hobby, so I'm the expert. No, not at all. Not whatsoever. Have an open mind, but be willing to learn, grow, and develop. And if you do that, then you're at least getting off on the right foot uh, in order to, to grow throughout your career. And like I said, 15 years later, I am still learning, growing, developing, and I'm so fortunate to be in the position I am today uh, to be able to help out young professionals. Nice. I mean, I've learned things in this episode, so I can attest to your advice. So I will back that 100%. <laughs> Thank you. All right, Brian, last and final question for you before we officially let you go. If you could have a video call with any living person, who would it be? Another really good question and it's a tough one. It's hard to narrow down. And I, I don't want to give an answer that is cliche, but my answer might come off a little cliche. And it's going to be Zuck. And, and the reason being is because I'm a really old millennial, as you could probably tell in, uh, in this episode. And my career, professional career, started in 2007. And yes, I completely know that digital was around before then. I completely know that 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 um, that that there was a time and you know, and a place in a different way, but what he did and his company prog progressed the social digital landscape tremendously for people of my age. <laughs> it was around that time when companies started hiring for social media practitioners. And if it wasn't for the advancement of Facebook, Instagram, uh, you know, little Twitter, we wouldn't have the roles that we have today. So I am earning an income partly due to the creation of Facebook, which is now Meta. And people can make arguments whether they agree or disagree, but I firmly believe that um, the guy did a lot of good for a lot of people, generations of people, a generation of people back uh, when he led the creation of Facebook, now Meta. So that's, that's my answer, as cliche as it may be. Uh, Zuck, if you're listening, would love, to, would love to have a video call with you. Um, look, I don't disagree with you on that. I think whether people, regardless of how they feel about, you know, Facebook policy and, and what, right. how it's evolved, what it's, where it's going, I think everybody out there would love to be at least a fly on the wall for that video call. So yeah, Zuck, if you're listening, uh, go ahead and give Brian a call and then we're going to listen in too, hopefully. So we'll get some <laughs> insights as well. Maybe if you don't mind, Brian, I just kind of invited myself to your video call. <laughs> you're more than welcome to come. <laughs> 
<laughs> All right, perfect. Well, in the meantime, Brian, thank you so much again for being on this show. God, it was so great to talk to you. And yeah, we didn't get into um, the holidays and stuff, but maybe we're just going to have to have a part two. Awesome. Social pros, thank you so much for having me. I really appreciate it. Absolutely. Yes. And Social Pros, thank you so much for joining us once again for another amazing episode of Social Pros. We are so excited to have you here with us week to week, and we look forward to seeing you again next week on another episode of what we hope is your favorite podcast in the whole wide world, Social Pros. Social Pros.